Hello and welcome to the uh, Retro Rugby, where we go through and look at games from the past, put them in context, and uh, also look at how the game has changed as well. Hi, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving More, your best place for rugby predictions and opinion, and this time we are going to take you all the way back to 2000, the NPC final. We've been back to 2000 and, uh, was it 2010 I think it was, now we're going back even further. And to join me to go all that way back is Anthony. Um, oops, I've gone and pressed the wrong button. I meant to press that button. Now you're on screen. It's Anthony. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> G'day, Paul. Thanks for having me. Oh, good. And we can see you've got your Wellington jersey on. I've gone Taranaki as I don't have one for either of these uh, two teams. Um, and <laughs> I'll, I'll sort you out with the Hurricanes one later, mate. I've got a spare one that I talked about that I'll send down. That'll be fantastic. Um, and the <laughs> talking about jerseys, actually... One of the first things that struck me in this game was you couldn't tell who was who on the TV. <laughs> we had Wellington in their black jerseys and um, white shorts and Canterbury in black with kind of burgundy stripes, but the burgundy stripes had black lines through them um, and black shorts, which meant the referee was referring to them as whites and reds. And you were like, neither of them are either of those colours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I guess the, the the footage we were watching was it was an old um, old video recorded onto YouTube, so it's um, it's not the best quality either. Um, and when there was longer angles, you had to know which team was going which direction um, to, to know who was who. Sometimes, yes, it was, it was. Um, good morning to everyone in the live chat. If you remember this game, please let us know your thoughts of the NPC final from two thousand. It was held at Jade Stadium in Christchurch, um, and I had the attendance down here somewhere, but. It was a full ground. It was when we got big, big crowds to these games. Um, and, uh, yeah, the atmosphere was good. The crowds were good. Um, everyone was enjoying the game, weren't they? Oh, they totally were. And and I think one thing that, that stands out for this in, in my memory as well, and, and I'd forgotten just how many were there until I was re-watching this um, in prep, was just how many All Blacks were on the field. Um, I think Canterbury <laughs> had 14 in the starting lineup. Uh, Wellington, we we didn't have a lot of All Blacks back then, but but we had names like Cullen, Umanga, Lomu. Um, sorry, sorry, hang on, hang on. Let's, let's let's just slow down here. Like, you didn't have many All Blacks back then. <laughs> well, okay. we didn't have fourteen and four on the bench like the Crusaders did. No, I, I you only you only had eleven in the starting lineup. <laughs> well, eleven current or eleven with potential to be at that point. Oh, I'm not sure because I mean I can't actually find a. Um, I've not managed to find a, a, a team list from, from the game, but reading one of the articles, um, it says, yeah, the victorious Wellington team boasted 11 All Blacks in their starting lineup. Legends of the game, such as John Alamu, Christian Cullen, and Tanit Manga. Even 19 year old Jerry Collins played in the epic game. Um, the uh, In the same game, Norm Hewitt played on with a broken arm. Um, I didn't I hadn't actually notice that when watching it. Um, but uh, Canterbury had yeah almost unbelievable fourteen All Blacks in their starting in their starting fifteen, including Mertens, Marshall, um, and Hardman, Norman, Maxwell. The only non non All Black was wing um, Marika Vunibala, Vunibaka, sorry, um, who played for Fiji. Um, and then the, yeah, as you say, there were four All Blacks on the bench as well for Canterbury. So. Yeah. And and look, I mean, Vonny isn't wasn't an All Black, but he was a he was a stellar. And <clears throat> sorry, he, he's one of the memories that I remember in this game. We'll, we'll touch on that in a moment. And I guess, yeah, Wellington. I, I look at it in the context. We 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 had people who were going to be All Blacks in in, in the future. Um, Jerry Collins, Rodney Sawyalo. I guess there was probably a couple of um, 
sneaking through the gaps as All Blacks and that um, Jason O'Halloran played about two minutes of a test match, um, so he counted. <laughs> and uh, uh, Kupu Venisi, who was the third flanker, um, or, or the, 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 the open side flanker, sorry, had played at least one test match, maybe two. So, yeah, I mean, Wellington had 11 All Blacks, but they weren't um, name brand. And uh, through the 90s, there was a period where Alama Uramia was the only All Black from Wellington um, for a couple of seasons. Uh, and, and and he started on the bench that, in this uh, game. And he was on the bench for this game, <laughs> his final game, and he's coming off the bench. So it, it shows how good the back line was that we, we, we could do that. We could we could bench a player of his calibre. Yeah, are these so? Yeah, these were stacked teams. This is yeah. This is a, um, and it does say in the article I was reading that yeah, that, that we will never get another final like this. Um, no, at the, at the NPC, and it's very true. We won't. Um, yeah, because these players just don't play this rugby um, anymore. Uh, this level. No, definitely, definitely, and and I think what what it was also unique for me about this final was not just the the number of All Blacks in there, but the number of people who played, or, or who captained the All Blacks in a Test match. So. Um, obviously, we had regular captains from um, Umanga, um, Todd Blackett and Reuben Thorne, um, both playing for Canterbury. But then uh, Justin Marshall had captained the All Blacks in test matches in, in 97. And Jerry Collins and Rodney Soialo both captained later on in the 2000s um, in, in, in tours where Richie was unavailable uh, to, to, to lead them. So, you know, six All Black captains in one NPC game is a huge, huge star quality, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, um, very much so. Um, it was unfortunately played. I mean, JCM unfortunately was an oval, wasn't it? So the crowd weren't as close to the to, to the action as, as 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 I like. I'm a great believer in rectangular stadiums, but hey, um, it was still packed out, which was good. Um, a couple of names here that I mean, that didn't really. Um, uh, well, the first list listed Will um, Chignall and John Gallagher as the uh, as, as the commentators. Um, to take people back. Interestingly, interestingly enough, Will Chignall is now the chief marketing officer for World, the World Surf League. So they... <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! Uh... Cra- crazy little, little facts you find out when you when, when you research these sort of things. But then it went on to mention that um, Grant Nesbitt and Murray Mexted were were the um, uh, were the were, were the commentators. So I'm not quite sure who was actually commentating this game, um, but uh, but some names from the past there. Yeah, I, I noticed um, that the feed we're seeing, and, and it's possibly um, was was a different broadcast. It was showing up as Sky Sport Three, which um, there's no way the MPC final in 2000 would have been on 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 the third Sky Sport channel. So maybe that was an international feed coming through because I I I had noticed the um, the commentators. I mean, John Gallagher was probably appropriate, whoever whoever he was actually commentating for, given he was an uh, a Wellingtonian. Wow. I think he's actually Scottish, but he played for Wellington um, in the eighties, and he played for the All Blacks before he switched to the thirteen man card. Oh, there was plenty of um, uh, yeah. There, there was there was a definite Wellington bias um, to the to the commentary, um, <laughs> even um, even if I mean, we we with to um, uh, even when we got sort of even when Wellington were leading three thirteen after about 10, 10 or eleven minutes. They were, they, were, they were still going, can Wellington put together three big games on the trot? Um, I'm not <laughs> sure they can. Um, so, look, Wellington were definitely the underdogs coming into this. People would, um, people definitely had Canterbury down as as, as, as strong favourites um, oh, for this. Absolutely. I mean, the, when you've got 14 all, or 19 All Blacks in your, in your squad, um, 
and and that was the season that that Canterbury probably made up the bulk of the Crusaders as well, um, with a few if, if a few imports would have would have been in there. Um, but they just finished the Super Rugby. Uh, I think 2000 would have been their third win. Um, so y- you've got guys who um, know how to play big games um, coming up against... Uh, yeah, okay, admittedly, Wellington had, had a star-studded backline there. There, there. there was a lot of big names, and there were some up-and-coming guys with, with, with Collins and Soialo. Um but a different mindset between both the teams. One knows what to do, and one's sitting there going, we've, we've just got to get on and play a game of rugby. Yeah, and let's let's be blunt here. Wellington and the Hurricanes have a, a long reputation for not not being finalists. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> play, playing nice rugby, winning winning games, but when it comes to the crunch, yeah, just not having what it takes to get a title. Uh, oh. and, and as 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 we've seen with the, with the Hurricanes, they've only got one title in their history, which kind of shows and backs that up. Yeah, and, and, and look, um, the, the context of that as well, and, and again, it's why this sticks out for me um, as, a, as, a, as a key game, um, it was Wellington's second ever final. Now, the MPC only bought the finals in in the early 90s, so um, prior to that, it had been, if you top the table, you won the tournament. And I think Wellington's last trophy was in 86 or 87, so you're talking a decade and a half of, of, of no silverware in the cabinet. Um as you said, the Hurricanes, they hadn't been performing well for four years. They made the semis in 97, um, but but then didn't show up again for another three years, I think. So, you know, for a Wellington rugby fan, long time between drinks, really. Yes, definitely. Now, amusingly enough, to get details of the 2000 season, I've had to go to the German Wikipedia um, because they, the German Wikipedia has all the games and all the results, whereas um, I can't find it on the English Wikipedia. Um but look, to t- they, they could take some... Uh, uh, so, uh, Wellington beat Canterbury 27-20 in the opening um, round of the season. But come the end, Canterbury topped the table with eight wins out of nine. Auckland top, uh, came second with eight wins um, out of nine. But two, point, uh, two less bonus points. Um, Wellington were only uh, sort of were next in third with six, po- with six wins. Um, and then Taranaki with five wins. Um, Taranaki in third place though, had a minus 65 points difference which gives you an idea as to (laughs) how strong those top two were yeah Canterbury over nine games um, had 152 plus points difference yeah Um, which gives you an idea that they were they were dominant 307 points over nine games um, only let in 155 Um, in the semi-final against um, Taranaki um, they came through 31-23, um, and Wellington went up to Auckland and upset Auckland 23-48 um, with a a, a blitzing um, a, a, a game. Uh, and obviously, people just did not expect Wellington. Uh, or, or Canterbury knew they could not let Wellington have space; otherwise, no. it was going to get messy. Um, and hence, yeah, this was a ferocious game and and that was one of the points i remember um picking up last night with 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 the commentary that we, we would have been listening to on that um where i think it was gallagher mentioned that that canterbury couldn't afford to keep kicking the ball out of hand because every time they did you had um you had a lomu or a cullen and and the other wing the the the, the right wing at the time was brad fleming now uh, didn't play for the all blacks but won a commonwealth games gold medal with the sevens so yeah a powerful weapon in his own right 
um, and you've got Umanga in the midfield. So to be kicking back at those guys, not necessarily uh, a smart move for, for the best of teams. Uh, this game had a lot of kicking in. If, <laughs> if you if you think the modern game has kicking in it, boy, go back and watch one of these. Um, yep. the, neither of these sides were going to play in their own half at all. <laughs> this, no. was, this was yeah this yeah territory was king um in this game it was not about possession at all um we should probably start um, actually getting on to the games but remember the 2000 this was a time so i've, I've, I've brought up the, sort of the big news stories from then uh obviously does do you remember pit island no um, the rocky outcrop of um, of the Chatham Islands was the first place to reach into the new century, uh, oh. into the millennium. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, so, yeah, for... been... so, so full disclosure, 2000 was my final year of secondary school. Um, so everything was revolving around what the heck am I going to do when this when this whole uh, schooling thing finishes. Um, so yeah, there's there's a few things I remember, but 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 some of the the, the details might be a bit vague as well. <laughs> yeah, so that was one of the uh, that was one of the big the big 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 news stories of the of the uh, this place obviously no one's ever heard of since. Um, <laughs> because, yeah, um, but yes, um, one of those uh, fun ones. Um, the other one was that um, uh, New Zealand. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know when in the year, but I'm assuming this happened before this. Was that yeah, national pride was at an all time high with. Um, Russell Coots uh, winning the America's Cup. I mean, the first non-American team to defend the America's Cup. Um, and I'm assuming that was in the summer because I guess they're looking for good weather. So I'm assuming that was before. Yeah, I, I can't remember the so, time of year it was, but I certainly remember um, um, a, a few things about that campaign. Obviously, Coots, um, Coots leading us through. And I think it was the, the fifth race um, where he handed the helm to a young Dean Barker. Um, to 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 sail the boat out there, um, but yeah, uh, absolutely. Sporting pride was was quite high. Uh, the All Blacks had obviously come back from a World Cup where we once again failed to fire in the semi-finals. Um, the old bogey team France knocking us out the year before. So yeah, there's a few sporting things that we were trying to uh, trying to build up on. Yep. Uh, finally, um, lots of Aucklanders went up One Tree Hill in November um, to see the final hours of the solitary pine up there. That got chopped down um, because I think it was dead. Um, so yeah, due to, due to heavy winds, it had to come down. So um, so yeah, yeah, so so One Tree Hill lost its One Tree um, back in two thousand. Nun Tree Hill as well. So yeah, those are the, I, there's a whole, whole bunch of negative news stories as well. Which I'm not going to bother with because they're not a lot less fun. But they were the fun news stories um, from, yeah. from from from, from two thousand. And, and and like I say, yeah, two thousand final year of secondary school for me. But it was also it was a year that. Uh, my rugby focus changed. I mean, I was never going to be a pro player. Um, I was playing, uh, I think, third 15 um, in the college at the time. Um, and I dislocated my knee uh, in the first game of the season, ripped all the ligaments. Um, as the doctor described it to my mother, I, I did a Michael Jones from, from the 80s um, and <laughs> kind of went, well, if I was never going to be a pro rugby player, there's no point in trying to play amateur either um, on a bung knee. So I yep. uh, had to refocus the, the, the way I spent my time um, after that. Oh dear! Oh, shame to hear that. But um, yeah, you've uh, you've you've seen we've come through it okay. So which, which, which yeah, is good totally, totally. <laughs> so getting on to um, to the game. I mean, we've got all these All Blacks being mentioned and thrown around, but actually the MPC MVP was David Horwell. Um, yes. In this, it yes. wasn't yeah, it wasn't Mertz, it wasn't any of these other names that we've been or Lomu or Cullen. No, 
the MVP was um, was Horwell, um, and he yeah he had his um, his kicking 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 boots on early on. Canterbury off the feet at the ruck. Oh, dirty Canterbury, always like that. Um, knocked over an, an early three. Um, uh, the um, we then had uh, a scrum, um, and there were lots of early chips and uh, and grubbers through um, by Wellington. One of them um, worked. Lomu collected it and touched touched down in the corner. Um, and we're six minutes in, and it's ten nil. In, yeah. in in an era of um, what was supposed to be slow scoring, muddy rugby, um, this was uh, this, this 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 one went, went off with an abs as an absolute cracker. Um, we then had um, Razor Robertson, obviously now the uh, can, now the uh, Crusaders um, head coach, uh, binding in front of the player with the ball, which gave another kick to. Um, uh, to, to Wellington and suddenly the underdogs are 13 nil up with only nine minutes on the clock um, people must have been going mad at this point uh, in disbelief yeah I, I think disbelief is probably <laughs> the right word for it um, I can't remember exactly where I'd have been watching this game but but certainly there would have been a lot of screaming at the TV the, 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 the McMahon family uh, my brother and, and my father particularly aren't quite rugby watchers um, so there would have been plenty of shouting at the TV at this point about about being 13 nil up. But at the same time, I think not long before, three, four, five years before, Wellington had gone down to Canterbury for a Ranfurly Shield challenge and and lost 63-17 or or scoreline to that effect. So at, at the same time, it's like we're up 13 nil, but this is Canterbury, and anything can happen. No, yeah, very true. Um... And uh, it had been very, 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 very kind of back and forth in in those early stages. No one really putting any actual continuity together. Um, the first piece of that uh, was by Canterbury, um, and we had a nice high tackle that um, would definitely have been a card nowadays. But now, but actually, we just say, oh, "Stop there! Let's go back for back for advantage." Uh, not even a talking to to the player. You're like, <laughs> "Whoa!" <laughs> nowadays, that's <laughs> like you're off, mate. Um, yeah. Question is, yeah. how much? Was it with force or not? Because it was either yellow or red. Um, yep. Which, yeah, when you look back, the, uh, the yeah, it's, it's a very different game nowadays. Oh, yeah, very different. I think there, there was a lot of physicality in there and a lot of intensity. But 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 you're right. There there were moments that were uh, the advantage rule was played a little bit more liberally. It, it felt watching back than than what it is now. Um, and and the referee's decision. And and I guess. Uh, video replay and and taking it upstairs wasn't that well, uh, or was, wasn't a big part of the game at that no. point. So so the ref played what they saw. Yep, no, absolutely. Um, so that meant that Ben Blair got to do the kicking for Canterbury. You're like, hang on, but Mertens is playing, and then Ben Blair suddenly steps up and kicks. You're like, okay, bit, bit of a, a bit surprised by that. Um, and it ended up with Ben Blair and um, Mertens. Especially Ben Blair would kick on the right hand side of the pitch, and Mertens would kick on the left. Um, yeah, which is something you don't again something that. Now I now I think about it, it's something I remember happening with with quite a few teams back then. I don't think I can't I can't remember the last team. I mean, teams nowadays never have a left and a right kicker. Um, no, no. So I think the, the the best you got, and you saw it with the Hurricanes when we had both Barrett brothers playing, was you, you had a short range and a long range kicker, um, and and that's probably the the most you've got now. Someone's either going to put it over from fifty meters, or someone else will do it at twenty two. But yeah, left and right doesn't happen so much anymore. Yep. Um, soon after that, Jerry Collins decided he would put in a high tackle 
just a penalty. Ha, who cares? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, then we have a scrum penalty, which Mertz kicks over. So, yeah, so we realise it's, it's, it's left and right at that point. Um, did a little research. So, Ben Yates for Wellington. Um, do, do you know, do you remember much about him? No, and it's, it's funny watching the game. Like, uh, there's a few players um, that... In watching the game, I, I remember them being in the position they were in. So, so Venisi at Kupu Venisi at seven, Brad Fleming on the wing. Um, but try for the life of me, I, I, the, the two props, man, I could not recall who they were at all, um, at all, at, at, at any point. So Ben Yates, uh, English, Englishman, who came and played rugby in New Zealand because you had a six-month ban in the UK for biting a player's ear. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> ah, so there you go. Um, Lots of um, so so yeah, so uh, yeah yeah. Let's say it was a different time then. Um, oh, it definitely was. Canterbury then had 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 pretty much all the possession for this piece, um, but they were only getting penalties. They weren't getting points. Uh, lots of kicking. I talked about um, people trying offloads, but this is pre Sonny Bill Williams and people actually knowing how to offload. So a lot of these are just Correct. flung backwards onto grass, and the theory being if we've got front football, our guys will be coming forwards and they'll pick it up. Rather than yep. actually trying to offload it into people's hands on the whole, it's just a it's, it's a kind of a wild throw backwards. Yeah. So which makes yep. it much and, much more scrappy. And, game. and in both teams, you had players, um, and particularly in Wellington. I mean, I mean, Cullen could could scoop the ball off the ground and and keep moving at, at pace um, any day of the week. So I, I guess it was a tactic that the players back then had 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 adjusted to. But but you're right, it certainly wasn't as as fluid as what we see today. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened next. Uh, Amango tries to offload off the off the off the floor. Cullen scoops it up, um, then basically just runs across the pitch, <laughs> around the defence, and uh, goes and um, go, goes and goes and scores. Basically, notices he's up against a lock, um, and just yeah, everyone else on the pitch can just forget it. Cullen's off, um, and he goes and scores. And it's suddenly it's six twenty. So even though there's been that sort of comeback by Canterbury, they've not got the points for their possession for their territory, um, and they're finding themselves. Um, 14 points down with um, yep. with half an hour on the clock um, and and still still from a Wellington perspective um, we've only got a 14 point lead uh, with 50 minutes still to be played so <laughs> you can look at it from both sides of that coin and, and, and from as you said earlier we've often been the bridesmaid and, 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 and had good scores eaten away on us and this was one of those ones where man, you did a dream but at the same time good lord and Ben Blair kicks a couple of penalties over from scrums um, to uh, to finish it at twelve twenty at half time. Um, yeah, scrums were, were a problem for uh, for Wellington in this one. Uh, and when you're up against a, an All Blacks pack, it's unsurprising. But it is a let's be honest, it's it's something that we've we've talked about for Wellington and for the Hurricanes for decades that their scrum or their front or their type five in particular. And as you say, you can remember pretty much everyone behind the type five. It's just the type five that aren't that don't live in memory, unsurprisingly in this one. C- c- correct, and 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 the, the reason the two locks stand out, Dion Waller and, and Anoki Apiaki. I mean, um, uh, they they were notorious for giving up a card at some point in the game um, for, for for both Wellington and the Hurricanes. So, so there was a period there where, where, as a Wellington fan, you felt that the, that they were actually preparing to play better with fourteen on the field than thirteen, other than than fifteen. Um, so, so from those two back, and, and Norm Hewitt, obviously a household name as an All Black and as um, the the New Zealand Maori captain as well. So, uh, but but those two props, yeah. and and try as I might, I struggle to name 
front rowers for Wellington um, that haven't haven't had the national honours. So I mean, we've 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 got Dane Coles there now. We've had Namia Tialata. Um, uh, Luke Ma- Luke Marnie sticks in my memory because he was at he was a couple of years ahead of me at college, um, but and Tim Fairbrother a year ahead of me at college as well. But the other ones, it's like oh, I couldn't name I couldn't name front rows from Wellington over the last twenty five years. Yeah, and if you look at the Hurricanes, they, they go to Taranaki, they go to um, Hawke's Bay quite often for their front rows. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, front rows was, was going to go from bad to worse. The props got injured, so they ended up having two two props got injured, so they had two hookers in the front row. This was back in the day when, yeah, if you play in the front row, you play in the front row. It doesn't matter yep. which which position you're in. Um, yep. And um, and with only one prop replacement on the bench, when the second prop got injured, on came the hooker, and they had two hook- hookers and a prop prop for the front row for the part for the um, for the final half hour. Yep. Um, which, yep. Was and, never, and which was never going to help. You, no, no, definitely not. And and like I said, it's it's up against the All Black Ford pack pretty much. Um, you know, Mark Hammett. And, and at Hooker on the other side, uh, I think he, he probably had more test success than Norm Hewitt did. Um, but at the same time, Norm Hewitt's problem was a guy called Sean Fitzpatrick. Yep. Um, and, and, and Hammett's another one who went on to coach later on as well. Um, had, had a coaching career with, with, with the Hurricanes and then um, I think he ended up in, in, in Europe somewhere. Um, so we don't have any scores for the first 10 minutes, but we do have a great kick to the corner which um, the Crusaders then just give a penalty at the line-out, so let Wellington clear their lines. Um, the um, We have Horwell hit, hitting the post um, with... Oh, sorry, no, that's... Sorry. Hurricanes kicks the corner. Crusaders give, give a penalty, and Horwell uh, um, then hit, hits the post with his penalty. Cullinan tries a 40-metre drop goal um, and, uh, and misses. Um, so, yeah, Wellington had opportunities to stretch out that lead, um, but they didn't. Um, yeah, and they paid for that when Canterbury got the first points on the board to make it to to, to close the gap to five. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. But the tail of the second half was Canterbury possession, Wellington points, um, and it's those, yes. as you say, it's that back line that can counter attack. Um, just before the hour mark, Cullen spots a forward in front of him, breaks, um, and uh, uh, gives it to Amanga to, um, to score. Um, next time. Uh, Canterbury do a flat pass um, that's uh, that's intercepted quickly, given to Lomu, um, a couple of handoffs and another try, and suddenly, uh, in the space of three minutes, it's blown out from twenty from five twenty, sorry, from fifteen to twenty to fifteen to thirty four, um, and it's at this point I think the Wellington fans could dare to dream. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and look, it's it's this Lomu try that you've just mentioned that, and 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 we can't underplay it because it's it's the bit. Um, when we when we heard of the, the the untimely passing of Jonah a few years ago, it was this is the memory that I had of him playing um, in in any jersey as as being outstanding. You know, take the '95 World Cup and the try he scored against England. This one, um, it, it wasn't just picking up a loose pass and offloading and offloading. Um, you know, Lamu, I think, got the ball. So, so Mertens threw a bad pass. Jason O'Halloran through the midfield picks it up. Passes it to Dion Waller. Um, so there's a lock in the midfield there who makes the smartest decisions he's ever done and, and, and has the ball for about a second and a half before it's in Lomu's hands. And, and Lomu picks it up what, somewhere between the 22 and the, and the halfway line. So he's still got a lot of field to work with. And he's got Marika Vunibaka against him as well. And, and if there was anyone playing rugby at the time that was bigger than Jonah in terms of size, Vuni would probably be, be that one. So you, you've got giant on giant. 
and uh, Vonnie makes the mistake of trying to go high, and Lomu just just pushes him, throws him off, um, and then Vonnie comes back at him, uh, and again goes high, but manages to slip down on this one, and and he's he's down around Jonah's uh, around the legs of Jonah, so so the big man's got to carry him, gets him to his knees at about the five meter line, and Jonah just drags him for five meters across the field to get to that score in the corner. So you know it's it's not just Jonah scores a try, it's Jonah scores a try that only Jonah Lomu could ever score, and and it's one it's it's on YouTube. I mean, this is one people have got to go back and watch because it's it's the power of that guy that makes that that try stick in my mind. Yeah, and there'll be a link below to the entire game, so folks, just um, if you want to go watch the game, go and uh, check out the link below. If you watch on YouTube or um, if you're reading it on the um, uh, on drivingmall.com, you'll see the embedded post um, just down below. Um, and definitely watch it it's it's about the 60 61 minute mark and um just by by chance as well um watching the game last night on replay the the timing that i managed to start the game um ironically that moment that try happened on my tv or was playing on my tv at 11 59 last night so 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 my memory of 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 lockdown in new zealand at 11 59 is now watching jonah limey score my favorite try in rugby of all time Oh, brilliant! Very, very good. Um, the um, and yeah, that's that, that 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 was the end of the scoring for for Wellington. And yeah, uh, the last twenty minutes was pretty much um, de- um, defense, defense, defense. Um, yep. The uh, there was a deliberate knock on near the line. Would have been a definite yellow nowadays. Was it just a little ticking off back then? No, no. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, that that deliberate knock on that was that was Dion Waller and he he did get a yellow on that one as well. Did he? So it was a yellow. Um, oh yeah, was it? Yeah, okay. he, he he stuck true to form and uh, I think he spent time in the bin on that one. Um, so you know it was it, again it's 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 now Wellington's got hope. We we know how to play with fourteen men, so so we're all good here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so Mertz scores um, a uh, there as uh, 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 Canterbury bash away at the line um, there to make it twenty two. Um, 34 there's a massive overlap um, that uh, um, the b- b- beforehand for that so yeah it was it was it was always definitely on there um, the and then again on 72 minutes the um, Mertz hits the line offload for a lock to um, to, to flop over o- o- over the line and suddenly it's 29 34 it's only a five point game all of a sudden mm. so again it's blown out um, Canterbury are coming back. There's still eight minutes on the clock. That one wasn't the yellow card. The yellow card comes in the 83rd minute. Ah, yes. Sorry, um, point. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking. I'm looking. At, I didn't know the yellow card. Yes, that deliberate knock-on wasn't the yellow card. It should have been. Um, yeah. The next one was. Though. The next one was. Um, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but as I say, it took until the um, till, until the 83rd minute to get the yellow card though. Um, yes. <laughs> for a deliberate knock-on, um, three tap and goes with split forwards was a real interesting yep. one. Look, you're up against a team that's got two hookers on the pitch, that's got a yellow card for um ah, that's probably why then. Because the yellow cards for a for a prop is for a, for a front row player. So it would have been uncontested scrums. That's why they've they were they were tapping and going and won't go for scrums at the end there. Possibly, yeah. Because um, to me I just couldn't understand why they were not going for 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 a, for a scrum with with time up. Um clearly the most powerful scrum but obviously if if the prop had been yellow carded and all the other forwards were injured front row mm. forwards it would have been uncontested scrums um, so perhaps that yellow card did save them as you say playing better with 14 players 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> although, I mean, and, and, and it's an interesting one because it, it would have been, it, it's still curious because it would have been Canterbury feeding and um, in an uncontested scrum, they'd have taken the, the win back. So, um, like you say, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, maybe they backed their um, firepower for a, um, for, well, for a push over try. But they, yeah, but yeah, they couldn't. They couldn't do a pushover try because it was uncontested. Um, mm. Oh so no, no, sorry, yeah. from, from a tap and go. Um, yeah. Maybe they were backing their firepower for that. So clearly, yeah, they were wanting their forwards um, to do it rather than um, rather than their backs. Um, but I say three of them, and when I say tap and go, they weren't quick ones. They were slow. Get everyone set up. Um, uh, again, a move you do not see today. You don't see no. set 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 moves off a tap and go. You either kick to the corner or you take it quickly. Um, well, you take it quickly and, and try and hit that gap. But, yeah. And particularly, um, you know, Marshall tended to be the kind of guy who would take a quick tap and snipe through a gap um, and, and would be well adapted to that today. So, so to have the, the line setting up um, ready ready to fire, um, it's, it's, it's quite a significant achievement again. You, you, you wouldn't see it much today. No. Um, the... Um yeah, Merch switched sides several times, um, but the blind defence... One of the things about this was, uh, yeah, the blind defence wasn't switching off. Um, even mm. when the ball went out to the open side, the blind defence was coming up because Mertz was switching the... would, would, would take the ball um, on the open side and then because uh, it been passed in them and would, would pass to the blind side. But Wellington's defence, yeah, was massive over those, um, those, those final minutes um, and they, and they saw, it, saw it out. Yeah, and, and look, I mean... Both of them were young at this point. Jerry Collins, I think, was only 19. Soyalo would have been 20, 21. Neither of them had actually made the All Blacks at this point. Um, I pre- pre- presuming they were still on the field um, at, at this point as well. But those were two guys who would uh, not run away from a tackle um, if they were on defence. You know, they were. <laughs> uh, I think Jerry probably deliberately chased people around the field just to tackle them um, and, and tackle them hard. So, I, I guess. Uh, mammoth defensive effort from two guys who would become well known for for for, for solid defence um, throughout their career as well. No, absolutely. And one of the points that there is in this was that yeah, it was the young bucks of that um, of, of the Wellington back row trying to make it all well. Maybe not trying. To, yeah, but making names for themselves at that time. Yeah, as you say. Um, and part of it was hey, yep, yeah, I'm young. I'm going to prove against this guy that I'm. The, the, that I'm the best, and there was a lot of yeah. There was, there was definitely a part of that in here. Yeah. Um, yeah. The um, one comment I did miss out that very early on, which I meant to mention, was that uh, Christian Cullen, uh, as, as, because Christian has done a bit of a Hollywood. So yeah, so so definitely um, taking a light tap and diving was was was, was frowned upon back in those days as well. Um, that was in the, <laughs> that was in the opening minutes. Yep. Um, but um, so yes, the. Uh, I think that yes, perhaps some of the backs had a bit of a Hollywood kind of um, image, whereas the forwards definitely did not uh, in that yeah. uh, <laughs> in that Wellington setup. And and uh, definitely did not have a uh, they, they were not afraid about going forward. And, and you mentioned earlier that um, Norm Hewitt had played most of that game with a broken arm, so he he, he wasn't stepping away from. Um, contact. He wasn't stepping away from defence. He was just getting stuck in and 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 taking everything that was thrown at him as well. It was it was it was huge for that. And like, I mean, you can't reiterate enough what what it looks like when you've got a Ford pack that's at that time has one All Black in the front row and or one All Black in the Type Five coming up against a Ford pack that has eight All Blacks in it. Yep. 
Yeah, no, it's um, it, it was it was a massive effort for, for, by the um, by those forwards, uh, and it was yeah, again won by defence um, at the mm. end there. Um, I say, even though Wellington had got themselves out of that big lead, Canterbury got it back to within five, um, and they could easily have uh, yeah have scored in yeah. with, with with time up um, and and have, yeah. have snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. But Absolutely, and and it, because of the gap as well, because of that five point gap, uh, it was it was definitely like they had to go to the line. There was there was no. Um, decision from them. It was no. Oh, we could take the penalty. It was like no, no. You take the penalty. Game over. You lost by two. Um, yep. Worst case scenario, it's a final. You 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 score a try. You convert. You win, um, or you go into overtime. Yeah, and look, they they scored two converted tries to to get back. I think it was two converted tries to get back that yeah. close. So um, so it, yeah, they were three converted tries down. They knew they had to score three converted tries from from um, from. I think it was about twenty minutes out. So it wasn't yep. like yeah they yeah. Any kicking for posts was long gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well before then. So, um, yeah, I mean, you got a doffy cap to to Canterbury for coming back. Um, but as I say, yeah, that defensive effort by Wellington was massive, and saw them through to their first ever final win, as you mentioned. Ab- um, absolutely, and I think in the, in the twenty years since we've won, the Wellington team themselves they've won one more final. Um, they won the Ram for the Shield in two thousand eight. Um, uh, it's a long drought for, for Wellington fans uh, and the Hurricanes have had their one title victory as well so um, we, we remember the good games uh, we, we remember the games where silverware comes home right <laughs> but this and this is this is um, one of the things isn't it it's, um, and I've not actually got the list up but when Auckland beat uh, Canterbury um, last season or two, sorry, two seasons ago now um, Canterbury had won. I think it was. I think it was ten out of the previous eleven finals. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's a long time between drinks for everybody except Canterbury and the Crusaders. Let's be blunt yes. here <laughs> from, from a New Zealand rugby point of view. Um, it's uh, yeah. There's um, yeah. It is yeah. They make the final every year, and they win it more times than they lose it. It's as simple as that, really. Yep. Um, Absolutely, and and when they're not winning it, it seems to be at the moment that Tasman are. So, um, uh, Tasman being the the, the Canterbury um, sister franchise or sister union as part of the Crusaders, and um, if if one team, yeah, if if, if Canterbury's not there, Tasman is um, one year or the other. The um, yeah, so if we yeah, just to give people an idea, so so Tasman won it last year, then it was Auckland, then Canterbury had three on the trot. Taranaki got one before that three, four, five, six on a trot by Canterbury um, so back to 2007 was Auckland um, yeah so it's been pretty much um, Canterbury since sort of, yeah, since 2008 have only missed out yeah. twice yeah and, um, and, and look I mentioned that Wellington had one more final in there we had the second division final five years ago I think um, yes, that's... they had a, had a horror season got relegated down to um to Division Two, um, spent a couple of years in there, and then won won the final and, and got promoted back up again. Um, yeah, because uh, yeah, and before that, before before two thousand and before two, uh, yeah, you're then looking at basically yeah. Auckland uh, and Canterbury. The only other side, yeah, yep. Wellington in two thousand. You got Waikato in two thousand six, Taranaki in twenty fourteen, and Tasman in twenty nineteen. All the rest have been shared between Canterbury and Auckland. Um, yeah. So yeah. it is. Yeah, those are the two big brothers. And everyone else gets a gets an opportunity every so often, 
really 100 percent. yeah it's it's, it's <laughs> like they shoot around and, yeah the, the ram through the shield which 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 to me as a rugby fan is the the pinnacle of, of provincial um trophy wear um yeah it's 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 for those who aren't familiar with how the shield works uh, you have to you have to win a game against the current holder to win the shield but they have to be playing at home so it's it's every game so if canterbury's holding it every game they play in canterbury the shield's on the line if they win they keep it if they lose it goes to the next team and and that team can um has to contest it at their next home game so um, for me that's the pinnacle and if, if you look back over the stats over the last four 20, 30 years, the, the Auckland had a, a mammoth run of 60-something games where they successfully defended it. Um, Canterbury have held it more often than any other team in recent years. Waikato, Taranaki, um, and, and, and it's just the power that goes into it. I think when, when Otago won it um, uh, sometime in the last decade, it was their first successful challenge in 50 years. Um North Harbour won it at some point for the first time in their history. Oh, um, the Otago won it at the end of um, 2018 as well. Um, so 2018. 20, so that- yeah, so 2017-2018 were, were, were good years for the Shield. I mean, it went around Taranaki, um, Waikato got it for a while, Otago took it, uh, and then unfortunately in 2019, um, Canterbury took it off Otago. Yeah. Um, and so I've got a funny feeling it's going to get stuck in Canterbury for the next couple for of years. Um, yeah. But, and for me... The um, it, it's good to see the shield outside of Canterbury and Auckland. Um, when it oh, gets it's... stuck there, people lose interest. Um, but when it's moving around the other provinces, um, there's a lot more interest around it. Um, definitely, and it, definitely. And a bit it, like it's that, been shared um, around a lot. That 2014 um, My Ten Cup final, NPC final, was between Taranaki and Tasman because Canterbury yep. got knocked out in the quarter final, in a semi final. Sorry, um, and that became uh, suddenly when that was front page news that year whereas previous years it hasn't been because hey it's Canterbury again um, but as soon as it was it was yeah being hosted down in New Plymouth um, it became front page news uh, and the, the whole town um, got behind it so it's um, it is good getting it out of uh, yeah, you've, you've, you've got it off your cap to, to Canterbury they, they've got a fantastic setup but unfortunately it does reduce interest in in the NPC sometimes absolutely and, and, and you can see the passion for it you know when 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 other teams have won it, when when Hawks Bay won the Shield a few years ago, when when Otago won it, when Wellington won it in two thousand eight, the street parades that are held um, by the province of, of where that Shield is, and it suddenly becomes a marketing tool where it's shared around and 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 it's taken to all the clubs and everyone gets to see it, and then um, it, it shows back up in Canterbury again, and they kind of lock it away in the cupboard and go, cool, every, everyone knows what this thing is because we've had it for a while. Um, and like I say, Auckland through the eighties, but uh, we, we talked about how many All Blacks were in that. Canterbury team of the 2000 final, Auckland through the 80s, they had just as many All Blacks in their team then as well. Um, yeah. you know, it was Grant, Grant Fox, um, Sean Fitzpatrick, the Brook brothers, the, yeah, these guys that were there. Um, so you had two dominant eras where, or eras where one province was particularly dominant because of the players they had. And we remember the fact that Canterbury are dominant. They've still got, they've got 14 NPC titles. Auckland have got 17. So whilst yeah. Auckland have only won one since 2000, they've won sort of two. Well, they won it in 2007. The next one they win was in 2018. So they went 10 years without winning it. Um, they still have won more than Canterbury, even though Canterbury won all the ones in between, pretty much. So, yeah, those are the two dominant ones. Um, Tasman picked up their first ever title this, this, um, this year. Uh, if you want to know how important or how, the, um, how people use that um, Ramfilly Shield, 
I did an interview with the CEO of um, Otago at the end of 20 at the end of 2018 uh, the season when they just won it uh, I'll put a link to that down in the show notes below so you can go and watch that if you like um, where he talks about how they get how they use and the pride of having that round fairly shield so um, yeah have a look have a, have a watch that video as well um, thank you Anthony I think we've uh, covered off on the game I think Com- and, and, and I'm, I'm just um, it's been a really great chat Paul and, and, and sort of talking about some of the stuff you know I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to what the provincial season brings this year because of the disruption we've now got with with, with coronavirus um, it could be a completely different tournament we talk about never seeing the All Blacks again we might actually see them um, because they won't have had a lot of rugby up until up until that point but I just want to finish on on, on one um, humorous footnote to this all as well and it was um, so, so Norm Hewitt we talked about him playing on for most of the game with a broken arm uh, through that and he he fessed up to it later in the week and I think the game was played on Saturday um, by Thursday he was being heavily criticised by a member of the government an associate minister for ACC um, about how the, that, it's a poor role model for children and, and uh, how he shouldn't have been um, uh, playing on and he should have been coming off you know a responsible conversation from an ACC minister um, but the irony is, and and uh, a good mate of mine took a lot of glee with this because he he idolised Norm Hewitt. And um, the irony was that that minister had resigned five days after that because she was caught drink driving. So um, <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> my mate saw it as karma that you criticised the great Norm, and uh, you, 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 things aren't going to go well for you. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Yes, um, I'll, I'll be honest. Players should come off when they're injured. It's the um, yeah, it's it, it, it's uh, it is it is a great war story, but it, yeah, it's also as the minister is true. It, it is also yeah. a bad example. Let's be honest. Oh, absolutely. I mean, karma aside, and and the role model, and and the irony of 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 how that ended for her, um, she was right. I think, um, yeah. and and as an ACC minister, very responsible. It's it's particularly younger players, um, particularly those coming up. And you know, I've, I've coached. Um, uh, while I haven't been playing, I've coached at under-19 level, and I'm I'm now coaching my son's Ripper rugby team. So I don't consider it coaching, more teaching. Um, if someone hurts themselves, you've got to get them off. Yeah, it's it's, respon- it's irresponsible to have them play on. It, it, it doesn't matter who they are. Uh, it can do more damage in the long run if they continue to play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so thank you very much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, discussing this. Hopefully, my pleasure, Paul. Hopefully, everyone, you've enjoyed watching it. Um, so you can go back and look. We've already. Uh, done retro rugby's for the uh, 2011 um, Crusaders versus the Sharks in uh, Twickenham, and then also the final between the Reds and the uh, Crusaders as well. So, um, and there'll be more coming up over the next coming weeks. Also, tomorrow night, so that'll be Friday night at uh, seven o'clock. I'm looking at doing a watching party, so we'll nominate a game um, and. Uh, basically we'll have a second live chat like this going on um, alongside it so you can watch the game and then you can also have us chatting away um, probably with myself and um, and Steve and you can provide your input and tell us about what you think about the game um, and we can all get together uh, in this time when we're all in lockdown and we're all apart let's have some social time together watching a game of footy um, it'll be fun folks so join us tomorrow night at uh, seven o'clock <laughs>